podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom! The boys are back, and it is time for our Oklahoma Q&A. My goodness. Uh, way different uh, tone in this week's Q&A versus last week's. Again, it's not surprising, uh, but but it's funny to have questions going from uh, a seven-win win ceiling to talking about Arlington to go from... Uh, is it time to move on from Adrian Martinez to questions about if he if he replicates that game every week, is he going to New York for the Heisman ceremony? Uh, it's it's always it's always more fun to do these after a win, and I understand the the uh, questions after the Tulane game come in right after right after that loss. Uh, but but it is always entertaining to, to see the questions uh, from one week to another. Um, real quick before we get into it, right before recording this, basketball actually gets a pretty big commitment. I might try to dive into this a little bit more on Thursday for the whip around, but McCaleb Rich chooses K-State over Ole Miss and Missouri. Both Ole Miss and Missouri got super aggressive in these final days trying to get him off of his commitment to K-State or his decision uh, to commit to K-State because he went live on Instagram to give it. Uh, But this is another big one for K-State. Over on 247 Sports, he's a top 130 prospect in the nation. He is the number three uh, prospect in the state of Illinois. Again, that's over at 247. There's some other rankings, other uh, ratings on all the other sites. But guess what? I'm a K-State fan, so I'm going to cherry pick the ones that make my guys sound the best. So with his commitment, you have the number one and number three prospects in the state of Illinois uh, with Day-Day Ames and now McCaleb Rich. So another great pickup this uh, 2023 recruiting class is really shaping up to be good. I think Michaela Rich could be a guy who sees his recruiting profile raise uh, in this upcoming season. He had a great summer. So I think you're going to see some of the recruiting sites give him better ratings. He might find a way. Uh, you know, some site might end up giving him a fourth star. We'll see. Uh, but again, it, it's another great pickup for Coach Tang and the basketball team. Uh, so I wanted to touch on that since that was uh, a little bit of breaking news right before, well, not right before, but before recording this. So it, it's another great win. It's another great, uh, just another great pickup for the basketball stuff. I'm getting excited for basketball season. The schedule dropped. Um, I'm not going to do an episode to talk a lot about, at least not right now. We will have, I think, five straight episodes talking basketball uh, during the bye week. So 
We'll have plenty of basketball coming your guys' way here soon. So I'm going to get into the questions. It looks like there's over, well, there's quite a few. Um, There's going to be over 30 questions that we will work through. I'm going to have fun doing this. I hope you guys enjoy it a lot more than last week. But before we get there, guys, Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, I think, and I I mentioned it the last time, the idea for the tailgate 12-pack. Uh, it, it was one of the listeners who came up with that. Um, I, I think it was Cameron. So I, I think it was Cameron who brought it up, and he tweeted at me. So I should have I should have I, I known. I should have made note of who it was. Uh, but you got to get into Manhattan Brewing Company. They have yes, it was Cameron. They have the Towny Wheat, which Grant, the former co-host and the original co-founder, one of the original co-founders. Uh, of Bosco's Boys, in a text to me called the Townie Wheat the best beer he's ever had. Now, I think they have all sorts of great stuff. After I record this, I'm going to go downstairs and drink the Belgian triple, watch a little Monday Night Football, hang out with my main man, Chauncey Bosco. It's a delicious, it's a boozy, uh, just a flavor bomb of a beer. Absolutely amazing. You guys already know I'm a fan of the pumpkin batch. I think after the boneheads have their way, they might have to brew a little bit more of the pumpkin batch here soon. So make sure you're following Manhattan Brewing Company on Twitter, on Instagram, so you can see all the great events, see all the beer releases. And hey, if we ride hard enough, if we ride hard enough, if you guys go into Manhattan Brewing Company, tell them Bosco's boy sent you. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a collaboration beer before next football season. And then when you're going into your liquor stores, when you're getting your craft beer at your local establishment, tell them that you want Manhattan Brewing Company there. Let's get let's get them into the Kansas City market. Let's make sure they're in just about every pl- spot in the state of Kansas that sells craft beer. We need more folks to do it because, again, you guys, I, I love it when you guys take my word for it, but I, I need everyone to be able to experience the great, delicious beer that Manhattan Brewing Company has to offer. All right, now let's get into it. It is time for the weekly Q&A show. I'm pumped, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier. It is, And we're going to get Grant on the show again here very soon. Uh, but Grant asks, where does last night's performance from Adrian Martinez rank amongst other great K-State quarterback games? I'm having uh, I'm having a hard time finding another one as complete and and as endearing as that one. When you look at what he was able to do rushing and throwing, I think that has to be one of the best, if not the best, games. You look back to, you know, the maybe like the 2003 Oklahoma game. I, I, I should have looked at this before and done a little bit research, but you think L. Roberson, the 03 game uh, in the conference championship, uh, you think to some of those big games from Colin Klein, like the Texas A&M game, the 11 or 2011 Texas A&M overtime game. I mean, he had big time stats there. Granted, there was a lot of uh, overtimes that helped pump those up. Um, but but I think if you're looking at okay, massive win, massive underdog win, that has to be up there. 
You know, Skyler had a pretty good uh, stat line for both of his wins over Oklahoma. He had a pretty good stat line in that win versus Oklahoma State. But if you're looking at uh, just quarterback kind of going, put the team on my back, plus stat line, plus the brevity of that game, I think this Adrian Martinez game, if it's not the number one game, if it's not the, the top game, it has to be up there. Um, I, I would love for anyone to tweet in other great quarterback performances uh, that that belong in the same conversation. Cats by 902. Is there a scenario where 6-3 and three in the Big 12 gets us to Arlington? So yes, of course. And uh, getting a tiebreaker over Oklahoma really does help that. But you have to look at you know who are the three teams you're going to lose to. And those three teams, two out of those three teams, need to have four losses in conference play. Now, there are, in in it could be a scenario where, and I don't want this. You could lose to KU, TCU, and Texas Tech, um, or Iowa State. We're not losing to KU. You could lose to Iowa State, TCU, and Texas Tech. We're not losing to KU. So if you lose those three games, and again, those are like the next three games and then went out, I don't think those three teams are going to uh, be 6-3. and three. So you're going to have uh, tiebreakers over Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So you just need enough madness to happen. Now, if the goal is to make it to Arlington, I don't necessarily want to play Oklahoma again. I'm not scared of them. Um, but you're, you now become Oklahoma fans. You, you want them to be doling out some losses uh, because you have that tiebreaker on them. The only way Oklahoma gets to Arlington over you is if they have a better record by a full game. So there are scenarios in which we get a 6-3 and three berth gets us to Arlington, um, but it's going to need some chaos. But I think the Big 12 is ripe for chaos. I, I would be shocked if... Oh, man... I don't know if anyone's going to go 8 and 1 this year in Big 12 play. There might be no one's going 9 and 0. No one is going to get through here going undefeated through Big 12 play unless it's K-State. I mean cuz why not? Um but but I I I I think that you're going to see two 7 and 2 teams in Arlington. So um so yeah, th- there definitely would be scenarios where 6 and 3 gets there. I wouldn't predict it, but there are scenarios. Cali Mike asks what shall the name or what shall we name the incredible drunken post game host uh, or spaces hosted by Grant? Grant, I guess, had a pretty fun uh, Twitter spaces after the game. Uh, you know, he should have done it on Spotify Green Room so we could have published it on the podcast feed. I'll let those of you who were involved come up with a name for that. Uh, Callie Mike, speaking of names, what should we call the phenomenon of former K-State players becoming OU coaches and shitting the bed against us? Here's the thing. I think implying Oklahoma shit the bed with Brent Venables or even, you know, long Kruger teams shitting the bed against K-State in basketball, I think that implies that K-State didn't go out and win it. Now, and I don't know if, I don't know if that is what you're implying or not, but most of the times... When Oklahoma came to Bramlage with Long Kruger as the head coach, we flat out beat them. There wasn't a lot of them blowing the game. And we dominated that game versus Oklahoma. 
I mean, they never had the lead. If it wasn't for our, our, ourselves kind of falling asleep, you know, giving up some big plays on, on defense with blown coverage and kind of sputtering and kind of shooting ourselves a little bit in the feet in the foot for a couple of those offensive possessions, that could have been a legitimate blowout. So uh, I, I don't, I, I'm sure that's not what you're applying. I don't know if, if there's a, a name for it. I mean, we, we'll probably never, we, we may never play Oklahoma in football ever again. Um, so I, I don't think we need to throw a name on it. I, I do think it is funny. I, I hope we play, I hope we get OU in Bill Snyder Family Stadium next year. And I hope we beat them, and I hope we can send Brent Venables on his way to the SEC uh, with 0-2. If we do that, I'll come up with a name for it. Um, K-State KC. Is this the last time K-State plays in Norman, Oklahoma? I would say chances are yes. I'm starting to believe that the 2023 football season will be the final one with Oklahoma and Texas. So it would take playing a road game in the college football playoff, uh, in Oklahoma, which is not a very likely situation. You need both teams to be there. You need Oklahoma to be an SEC champion, but not be in the top four, I believe. Or they would have to be, we would have to be a conference champion, or I don't even know. We Both of us would have to be in the college football playoff, seeded 5 through 12, and it have to match up. Basically, that is not likely. And the other one is us doing a home and away non-conference series. I don't think that's very likely. I don't think the Big 12 is going to make us go to Oklahoma, go to Norman back-to-back years. Uh, but when they're redoing the schedule, which they're going to have to do for next season, I, I guess it's a possibility. I would say it's a less than 25% chance we ever play a football game in Norman, Oklahoma, versus them again. Kale asks, uh, of the four teams with a conference win, do any of them make it to Arlington? If so, who? That's a great question. That is a that, that's a fun question because the four teams with Big 12 wins right now, Baylor, K-State, Texas Tech, and KU. Now, the implied odds after, as we're currently sitting here on DraftKings, Baylor is the favorite to win the Big 12. Oklahoma is number two. K-State is number three. Oklahoma State, number four. Texas, number five. TCU, six. Iowa, or, uh, Texas Tech, seventh. KU, eighth. Iowa State, nine. West Virginia, ten. So, I think Baylor, I, I think it's fair to have them as one of the favorites to make it to Arlington. Um, we're right there close. I don't see Texas Tech making it to Arlington. I don't see KU making it to Arlington. So I would say yes. I, Despite me kind of being down on Baylor, I, I think that they could make it to Arlington. I think we could make it to Arlington. If you're putting a gun to my head asking me one or the other... Fuck it. Yes, we're going to make it to Arlington. Why not? We just won the toughest game on our schedule. Why not? So, yes, the official answer to it is yes, and it will be us. And, hell, we might be playing Baylor. So, who knows? But great question from Kale. Jared asks, 
more annoying, uh, more annoying boomer sooner fight song or the flashing lights after a score during, uh, in during timeouts, the light show stuff was far more annoying. Honestly, inside the stadium when stuff's going on, I, I mean, and, and I was, I was in the corner opposite of the band. So I, 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 I could hear it. Um, but I didn't notice them playing Boomer's. I was like super nervous. Like my my legs were shaking. I, I was probably a little bit dehydrated if we're being honest. But I was so dialed into the game. I was not paying attention to the band. Um, so the, the light show was definitely, it, it was all hyped up. It wasn't that cool. Them doing all the flashing stuff during the game was annoying. Uh, Ty Zentner was pissed off as he should have been. Um I, it, it was so annoying. I actually think the more annoying thing was their PA guy. Um, and the Oklahoma players were mad at him because he would do, like, you know, their their version of good for a Wildcat first down. He would say, you know, seven yards on the play, that's a first down. Boomer. And then they would reply sooner. Well, there were a couple times where he was doing that as they were trying to snap the ball. It resulted in them kind of getting a false start one time. But what pissed me off on every third down and fourth down, he literally was screaming into the PA mic until we snapped the ball. That should be illegal. Oklahoma should have been asserted a penalty for that. I think the Big 12 referees, and they should have been asserted a penalty for continuing the light show and flashing the lights and stuff after the TV timeout as we were trying to get ready to play football. The Big 12 refs, and I don't like, I don't, I do not like shitting on the referees. That's never been what this show has done. I've always tried to sh- shy away from it. But the Big 12 officials need to have a conference call, and they need to inform Oklahoma and any other team that does that type of stuff that they will be given two warnings. And if they, and if they're doing the flashing lights and shit. And the PA guy is screaming into the mic all the way up into the snap. They get two warnings. You do it a third time, that's a 15-yard penalty. Because that's bull. That was, and that was far more annoying than the Boomer Sooner song. Caleb asks, what was your favorite, least favorite part of the game? Should Robert get a sign in the shape of Oklahoma saying, we own this state? What was the game day experience like, and who finishes with more Heisman votes, Adrian Martinez or Jalen Daniels? All right, we're going to go, we'll do the Heisman one first. I think it's a better shot, neither one of them gets a Heisman vote, uh, than, I think there's a better chance they both get zero than getting even one. Um... But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Adrian Martinez, and, and I, I know folks are going to take this as me like kind of dismissing KU right now, and that's not what I'm trying to do. But th- they have they have still played their four easiest games on the schedule. They that their eight toughest games are still in front of them. I think Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback. I I, I really do. But I I would be shocked. If KU, I, I still think their ceiling at this point is six and six. I would be legitimately shocked if they go seven and five. And a six and six quarterback at best is not getting any Heisman votes. So if you're saying, hey, both of these guys are getting Heisman votes or just one of them, it's going to be Adrian Martinez because I think K State has. 
the opportunity to make it to Arlington. They have a lot more of a shot to make some noise. Um, so that's that one. Should Robert have a shape of Oklahoma? We own this state? No, because Oklahoma State has our number big time. They have our number big time. Now, if we were three and one versus Oklahoma State in the last four, um, if we had a winning record in Stillwater over the last 30 years, if we had won, uh, what, four out of the last six in Stillwater, something like that, yes. But 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 Oklahoma State has our number, so no, he should not have that sign. Favorite part of that game uh, was the Adrian Martinez run, that uh, the 55-yard the run on third and 17. I was spazzing out hardcore thinking we were about to punt the ball I was shaking in my boots, and then he breaks it. Once he gets past that first down, I stood up on the bleacher. I raised my arms. I was going wild. That was my favorite part. Um, least favorite part. I mean, I, I really think, <laughs> I really think it was the light show. I mean, most of the Oklahoma fans didn't even participate. They just had their flashlight on. So it, it, it was, it was pretty stupid. For as much hype as it got. It was pretty stupid. Uh, game day experience in Norman. Uh, it, it's very interesting. Um, I got in there, you know, just before eleven. I thought I was going to get there early enough to park near, uh, you know, street parking. I paid twenty or thirty bucks to park. Walked around. Uh, they had a craft brewery right down there in their bar district, which is right up against campus. Um, and I kept trying to go in there, but they were. They said they opened up at noon. Uh, they didn't. I tried to go in there a few times, like as late as 1.30, I think, and they, they weren't having it. Uh, so that that was stupid. But, you know, I, I hung out, uh, you know, with some K-Staters at a bar, went to a rooftop bar, uh, then walked up towards the stadium. They have a little area where they had, like, paid tailgates, kind of similar to old Cat Town with, like, food trucks. Like, that was all cool. Um, getting out of there was absolutely horrible. It took me 28 minutes to drive from my hotel in Oklahoma City to Norman before the game. It took me over two hours to get from my parking spot back to my hotel. So traffic, getting out of that area, I mean, they can't handle it. It was horrible. Uh, inside the game, it was fine. Um, they have some cool, they, they had a couple cool videos. Their on-field entrance was fine. Uh, I mean, it was good. It, that that was good. I like the sooner thing with the the horses. Um, in game production it was eh. In game production was fine. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was a fun atmosphere. I I, I think it was probably uh you know I, I said a lot of eh. It's probably my favorite away game that I've done, like a true away game. Um, granted we won, um, but. I, I like the stadium better than still like it, it's it's my favorite Big Twelve stadium I've gone to, uh, besides Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So in yeah, I, I TCU is the only one in conference current conference I haven't been to now, um, but I, I would put Norman right up there as my favorite game day experience outside of K State. So um, and again, it's it's probably biased a little bit because we won. Maybe I'd like the Stillwater experience a little bit more if we won, but no, I. I think it's I think it's the number one away game uh, that I've been to, without a doubt. All right, uh, yeah, that was all from Caleb. We'll go to K State KC again. Before OU, I was nervous which games on our schedule were winnable. 
Has your original prediction for K-State season record changed after Saturday's game? I I mean, look, I, I think I had us going 10-2. and two. I think I had us winning this Oklahoma game. I can't remember which games I ended up having us lose. Um, but there's no reason, there's no reason why in the final eight games we can't go six and two, which would put us at nine and three. There's no reason. Um, I mean, so I'll, I'll say nine and three. I'll, I'll say we, we still go seven and two in conference play and get to Arlington wearing whites. Um, so yeah, it, it hasn't changed. Um, I don't know why I predicted that as a win before the season. If I did, I, I can't even remember. I need to go back and listen. Um, but that, that was the toughest game on our season. So you might have a letdown and if you lose your letdown and then you just get beat by, you know, Oklahoma State or Baylor and who knows what Texas will be like by then. Um, tricky away game with West Virginia. I, I, I'll, I'll go with my current record prediction is nine and three. And I, I don't remember, I, I probably was spazzing out a little bit last week when, when they asked that question, but again, you know, I, I was never buying into the ceiling was seven wins, even after that two-lane game. Even at my, even at the most pessimistic, I wasn't saying, oh, you know, we're going to struggle to make a bowl. No. Uh, so I'm happy to be getting that question versus some of the others. Uh, Luke asks, where does Adrian Martinez rank among Big 12 quarterbacks? I mean, look, look, um... If that's Adrian Martinez we're going to get moving forward, he is the best quarterback in the Big 12. If that is the new game, what you can expect out of Adrian Martinez, then yeah. He's the best quarterback in the Big 12, and he's going to be a Heisman contender. I don't think we get that every game. I don't think we're going to get you know over 200 yards passing and 150 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Like I, 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 don't, I don't think that is what we're going to get. I don't. I, I would love it, but I don't, I don't think that's where it's going to get. Um, but if you're talking about ceiling potential, if you're if you're talking about absolute ceiling, Adrian Martinez has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the Big 12. Without a doubt. But the two-lane game did still happen, you know? It, it did still happen. The, the, the South Dakota and Missouri game still happened. Um, so if you're talking potential, he's number one. If, if you're talking about what has actually happened, if you're talking about production through four games, I mean, I think you probably have to have a middle of the pack. I think you probably have to have a middle of the pack. Um, let's see what happens. If he goes off, if he goes sicko mode, if he balls out versus Texas Tech, I might be saying it with my chest a little bit, you know, pumping up Adrian Martinez, but Again, one one great game doesn't completely cancel out the three the the one bad and two game manager type games that he had. Uh, it doesn't cancel it out when you're you're asking me to rank uh, currently rank all of them. But from just just that last week, that that was the best performance. When, when you take into account the team that we played, that was the best performance any Big Twelve quarterback has had so far this year. What team looks most likely to win in Arlington? So, again, if you're making me make a prediction, I mean, I don't know. 
it's not like Oklahoma State's played anyone yet. I mean, everyone wants to talk about, you know, I, I think it was a relatively weak Big 12 conference late out of schedule. Like, who was the best? Like, was was BYU? I mean, Alabama, but Texas lost, and then Texas turns around and loses to Texas Tech. I, I mean, if you... Baylor. I mean, I, I think if you're just going off of you know what I said earlier, Baylor is the favorite to win the Big Twelve. So, sure, Baylor looks most likely to win in Arlington. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll change if we come out and kick Texas Tech's ass, and if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, I'll come on here next week and say K State. Why not? Why not? All right. Uh, Powercat Ryan, we got two from him. On a scale zero, two lane game, 10 OU game, how would you uh, rate this team going into game number five? I mean, if you look back to the two lane game, for that to have occurred the way it did, you need a Deuce Vaughn to miss an entire quarter due to cramps. I mean,. I think I I think we're probably a six and a half, seven six and a half seven. I mean, because here's the other thing: the defense did struggle a little bit. Granted, I think Oklahoma may have the best offense in the Big Twelve when it's all said and done. By the end of the year, when Jimmy puts together uh, all of his stats, I th- I think there's a very real chance Oklahoma is number one or number two on that list. Um, so the defense struggled a little bit, so nothing was perfect. Uh, but I mean, if we're saying that games are ten, then maybe a seven. I think I think seven's probably closer to where we're at. We're far closer to that Oklahoma game. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going with six and a half or seven. That was a great question. Uh, Powercat Ryan, uh, good, bad, and ugly from the Norman trip. I mean, talked about some of the good. It, it is. It is very cool. I I think. That I enjoy going to away games, uh, set up similar to that. You know, um, you know, Vandy. It, it wasn't right next to a bar district or anything like that, but uh, you know, it, it you, you hung out and you did stuff, and then you walked to the game. Um, I had a lot of fun the time I went to Austin. I liked some of that type of stuff, um, but I would hate for that to be the home game. Like, I, I know this is very, you know, the the meme of, like, Kansas Cityans and Midwesterns. Like, oh, where, where do I park? I would hate to to take two hours to to basically, I mean, that, that was horrible trying to get out of there. But it was fine visiting. Um, but, but it was good. The, the game result was awesome. Uh, you know, it... I, I went to a bunch of fun Oklahoma City breweries the night before. Um, it, it truly was a historic all-time type win. Um, and again, I talked about the stuff I liked about the atmosphere. So, so that was the good. The bad, I, I would just kind of, you know, getting out of there was horrible. Um, I, the, the PA guy, horrible. The light show shit, horrible. Uh, but the ugly... And here's the thing. I, I, I tweeted out some of this stuff. And, and I want to say this. For the most part, like for up until up until Adrian Martinez's run, 
up up until that point, 90% of Oklahoma fans I interacted with were fine. I sat next to a grandfather and his granddaughter. I sat behind uh, you know, an 85-year-old Sooner fan and his son. I sat next to a uh, kind of younger uh, man and his daughter um, or son. I don't know. He, he was like a baby. Like he, he was still wearing diapers. So I wasn't sure if it was a boy. Like 90, and, and like you, you get the regular heckling. Nothing was bad. I had, I have zero issues with any of the Sooners, Sooner fans at all until that moment. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I was very reserved. I was more reserved and well-mannered than I've probably ever been at a K-State game where we're actually winning. I mean, I've, I've gone to some shitty games where you just have nothing to cheer about. I fist pumped, I cheered, I clapped like nothing. I, I Like I said, I, I, I stand up, I extend my arms, and I'm going wild and crazy when Adrian Martinez is making that run. So again, they probably, not probably, they hated that. They didn't like seeing that. But I wasn't gesturing at any of them. I wasn't doing anything. But then a water bottle whizzed past my face, uh, or my head from behind. Uh, I turn around. There, there were some fans who were jawing with me. Oh, K-State still sucks. Oh, Tulane this. Oh, Tulane that. And I start jawing with them, you know, after that. I'm like, this is four out of the last six in your building. Three out of the last four. All this type of stuff. And then they're doing the SEC stuff. All this type of stuff. And I'm jawing. Should I have just sat down? Probably. But I keep jawing. And then some more water bottles start being thrown because they're giving away water bottles at their little uh, you know, area in front of the stadium where they had food trucks and paid tailgates, all this type of stuff. One finally caught me, uh, and I kept jawing. Security came around. They watched the entire thing. I said, I didn't do anything. They agreed. They're like, you didn't do anything. Uh, but, you know, just kind of sit down, whatever. So... There was some of that. Again, I, I understand it. A big fat guy standing up on your bleachers celebrating as you guys lose once again to to K-State in your own building. Four out of the last six. You know, six out of five since, you know, in the last 30 years. Losing record to K-State in your own building over the last 30 years. I get it. I should have probably just fist pumped, kept to myself like I did the entire game. But no, I I, I was feeling myself. So I get it. But that wasn't good. Uh, had I, I put my earbuds in. Once I left the stadium, I put my earbuds in to listen to the K-State Sports Radio Network post-game show to walk back to my car. And, and it was not a bad walk. Half mile back to my car. Had three, three separate occasions. Pretty inebriated. I think probably college age or young alumni type kids get in my face. I didn't even say anything. I just kept walking. The final one really would not let me pass. Uh, you know, two of them kind of got my face, and I just kind of walked past them. They didn't follow me or anything. One really got my face. He wasn't trying to let me pass. And, and again, I had my earbuds in at this point. I'm just trying to listen to Stan and Wyatt do the post game show. I'm trying to listen to Chris Klein and Adrian Martinez. I'm just trying to soak it in and get back to my car. And little did I know it was going to be a you know two plus hour drive back to Oklahoma City after the game, but guy just would not let me pass. And eventually his girlfriend kind of dragged him out of the way because again the kid was probably like twenty or twenty one. I I have no 
I have no interest in trying to rumble with a drunk college kid. No. Eventually, his girlfriend got him out of the way, and I went along my way. So that was the ugly. And, and here's the thing. I, 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 I told you know the story on Twitter, and, and it got a lot of impressions, a lot of retweets, a lot of likes. I got to say this. 95% of the OU fans, up until the point where Adrian Martinez made that big old run, were great. No. Their tattoos were gross. Lots of gross tattoos in the state of Oklahoma. But but 95% of them were fine. And even the 5% weren't bad. And I, I again, I again, you should never throw anything. I'm not endorsing ever throwing projectiles at someone. Never endorsing that. But, I mean, I was making sure they knew who won. I was making sure that everyone could see me from sections away. Oh, this big old guy standing up on the bleachers, hooping and hollering, pounding his chest a little bit, getting a little bit of swagger when we had that big old run by Adrian Martinez. So I'm I'm not going to blame them. Even the ugly wasn't that bad. It was the it was the and I went by myself. I, I've done a lot of K State, not a lot. I've I've done a handful of K State away games. By myself again. I got to meet up with a handful of K State fans who were down there before the game. Got to meet up with a couple of uh, Oklahoma acquaintances that I know through this podcasting world. So I, I go to a handful of away games. And I've done them football and basketball handful before uh, by myself, and, and it, it was the it was the best solo sports trip I've I've ever done. Um, so I, I'm pumped about that. So not a lot of ugly, but but there it is. That there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Colton asks, the Big 12 is going to be a dogfight. Do you think a two-loss team will be in the title game in Arlington? I think most years since the Big 12 championship game has come back has featured a two-loss team, I believe. Um, I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to see if I can pull it up, um, there it is, Wikipedia. All right, let, let, let's take a look at this. Because I think most of them, I think most of them have featured, I think most of them have featured, no, that's not That's not going to, that's not going to show me. But I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure most of them have had Two lost teams. So yes, I, I I think I like I said earlier. I think we could see both of them being two loss. We're gonna keep going, but before we do, again another shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. The next time you're in Manhattan, if you want the most fresh, the most refreshing, and the most delicious beer in the entire state of Kansas, get into the tap room, go to the brewery, drink a couple pints. Tell them Bosco's boy sent you. Just enjoy the atmosphere. Just a super cool brewery with the brewing space open. You can look into it. It's delicious. You'll thank me later. They always got great music going on, great events as well. And then take a four-pack home with you. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company. They're the best in the biz. Once I wrap up this show, when I watch Monday Night Football, I'm going to be drinking one of their Belgian triples. It's great. K-State KC asks, who's in North Carolina? Come on back, bud. Come on back to Kansas City. Which is the scariest remaining home game? Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Texas. 
and KU. I think for me, it goes Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech, KU. And this is why I have them this way. I think Oklahoma State is the best team. That is going to be the most challenging game if you're looking at them in a vacuum. Um, You know, they're a top 10 team right now. They're a top 10 team right now. They're going to be, I actually think Baylor's favored uh, to play them. They're a top 10 team. They're going to be dangerous. Uh, I think they're the best of those teams. Texas might be the most uh, on paper talented. Again, I think Oklahoma State's the best team. Texas has on paper a lot of talent. Again, we saw them go to the wire, probably should have beat Alabama. I understand everyone's like, oh, it's Texas, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if Texas gets it rolling, if they turn it around, if they have something to play for, for that November 5th game, that is going to be a scary game. That is going to be a tough game. Next, Texas Tech. We're both coming off of emotional rivalry type wins. Um, I and, and here's the thing. I just think they're better than KU. I think they're better than KU. Um, I, think, I, I think they're going to be a bigger challenge than KU. I think we should win it. Uh, but I'm far more scared for this game than KU. And then KU is the final one. Here's the thing, and again, this is not me trying to take away from what they've done. They're 4-0. They're right on the verge of being ranked. I'm surprised they're not ranked. I understand why they're not. I think this faux outrage about KU not being ranked is a little much. Um, but here's the thing. It's a home game. It's the game that K-State fans care most about. Uh, we have like half of our roster are Kansas kids, and they have like four. Um, this is not a game that we're going to take lightly. If we have something on the line in playing your in-state rivals, I see no world where we have a letdown in that game. And here's the thing. Even if we don't, say that the season ends up not going what we want it to over the course of the next six games, seven games before we play them, that's the game they know they can turn things back around. So I'm not scared of that game right now. And I know KU fans who listen to the show who clip some of the stuff I say. I know I've gone on a couple KU podcasts to do preseason like expectation stuff. I, I, I know they clipped what I say. So I might get taunted like all hell uh, when the game happens. But I, I'm currently not scared at all. Alex asks, do we beat Oklahoma uh, and play as well as we did if we didn't lose to Tulane? I tend to think if we win the two-lane game, then we would have been content with the offense as it was previously. Maybe Tulane woke up a sleeping giant. (sighs) Maybe. I kind of tend to agree a little bit with you. Um, Maybe Oklahoma overlooked us a little bit because we lost to Tulane. Maybe it was, uh, you know, hey, this was a loss and maybe it forced us to change some things, maybe it forced us to have, sit down and have that tough conversation with Adrian Martinez. Um, I would like to think that regardless, even if we pulled off that win versus Tulane, they would have had some of those tough conversations. Uh, but you know what? I don't know. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I'm not like very definitive in that statement. I'll say this. I, I'm more than happy with... The trade-off. I'm more than happy with the trade-off. Alex Brown asks, again, will the bill be sold out on Saturday? 
You know, outside of the Missouri game, so the other two home games, I was very pessimistic thinking we were going to get up over 50,000. Um, I think last I heard, we were right around 900 tickets left. I think it's going to be close. Um, I think it'll be close. I'll say yes, but it's going to be close. I think it's going to be something where they really have to, back end of the week on Thursday and Friday, really push you know, section 439 or whatever, um, because that, you know, no, the uh, northernmost upper deck section, there's like 10 tickets that have been sold. So they're really going to have to push those tickets. Uh, Alex, his final question, Adrian plays like he did on Saturday for rest of the year. Will he be a legitimate Heisman contender? Yes. I mean, what, we have... Regular season games, we have, what, eight left? God, the football season goes way too fast. That'd be 40 touchdowns. So 40 total touchdowns, and he was, what, right around 400 yards of total offense? 2,000 yards? Eh, I mean, it'll be close. I mean, that's a lot of rushing yards. I mean, that, that makes him a 1,000-yard rusher, 35 rushing touch or thirty rushing touchdowns, 32 rushing touchdowns, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely will. If, if he replicates that, yes, he will be a legitimate Heisman contender. Yes. 100%. Uh, Cameron asks, who came up with the tailgate 12-pack idea? So, uh, Manhattan Brewing Company, if you do it, you have to credit Cameron. Uh, who on the offensive line? Uh, was most responsible for the bounce back this week. KT, Panzer, Gillum. Uh, and what were your thoughts on BB's backup when he was in the game? It was Dal- Dawson Delforge, and he also came in for Panzer as well. I mean, I, I think it, it starts with Cooper BB. I, I still haven't been able to rewatch most of the game yet, but Cooper BB, all the clips I've seen, Cooper BB's always making a massive block. So I think he's most responsible for the bounce back. And I thought Dawson Delforge looked fine. Um, when he was out there, he isn't a guy who I've been super high on. It sounds like uh, Andrew Linegang didn't travel. I'm hoping if if he was nicked up or wasn't, I, I hope we get him back because uh, you know again the the depth disappears really fast uh, with Taylor Portier out for the season. Um, but I thought the offensive line looked good. I, I think that you know um, you're, you're playing a great team. You're, you're you weren't going to dominate the line of scrimmage like he did versus Missouri, like he did versus South Dakota, um, versus a team as talented as Oklahoma. Oklahoma is head and shoulders multiple levels above those two teams. But, the, but that's also the case versus Tulane. I, I think that's maybe where, looking back on things, I'm most frustrated with the Tulane game is with the offensive line. But I, I, I think BB was was the guy. But Delforge, he did play well coming in as a backup. What did the ginger cheerleader say to Adrian Martinez from the T James 1580? Uh, if people haven't seen it, the male cheerleader was really trying to chirp with Adrian Martinez after that big run and he slides out of bounds. Uh, I can't imagine the gall it would take to, to, to be smack talking after, after that basically iced the game. So uh, I don't know what he said, but it, it was pretty stupid. Zach asked, uh, was the light show, PA guy, uh, and music all as overplayed as it appeared on TV? P- 
P.S. They really pushed the limit on use of pre-snap. Even Kurt Warner was tweeting back. Yeah, I've said it a couple times now. Uh, it should have been a penalty. It was absolutely disgusting that it wasn't. Um, it was annoying. It was overplayed. Uh, the P.A. guy's probably the worst uh, offender of them all, but, but it was gross. There should have been a penalty. Callie Mike. What are your thoughts on overall coaching performance, specifically Klein's bounce back and Kleiman's big balls to move, uh, ball big ball move to uh, take the ball when you win the toss? Um, I mean, I, I think, and, and again, I I was I was critical of Colin Klein's play calling, predominantly third and fourth and short, um, but the coordinator always looks great. When your team performs. So, I mean, you, you got to give credit. You got to give credit where credit's due. Um, we looked great. We played great. So, props to Colin Klein. Uh, Coach Kleiman, I, I think that he had, because uh, he's involved in the strategy on all sides of it. Uh, and, and I like taking the ball, um, at least when you score first. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season, because uh, he, he's taken it to start the game twice now both have turned out to be good decisions uh but it, but if you don't score and your defense gives up points all of a sudden that looks like a boneheaded decision not the good kind of bonehead so um overall thoughts on the coaching performance awesome chris Kleiman now has just as many road top 10 wins as bill snyder has in his entire career his entire career he's three and one versus oklahoma uh, let, let's see him get some other big wins this season. But I, I'm very pleased with the uh, coaching decisions. All right. Um, got a couple more. We got a couple from Chris, one from Cameron, and one with Steve Z. Um, are you a little – actually, and one from Andrew as well. well. We'll do this. Would you rather beat Tulane and have lost to Oklahoma or be the current, current scenario? No, 100% the current scenario. Thanks for the question, Andrew, but that's not even, like, it's not even a question. You always take the Big 12 wins over the non-con wins. As much as I wanted that Missouri win, I would have put all three non-con games below all nine Big 12 games. Not even close. Not even close. All right, Chris asks, are you a little nervous about being ranked? I could be wrong, but I believe every time we've been ranked underneath Kleiman, we've lost the next game. I don't know if that was the case his first year. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, because we lost to Oklahoma State. Um, no, I'm not nervous because I don't think that type of stuff really matters. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it really matters. Um, was that the case in 2020? I don't know if that was the case in 2020 or not. I'm going to pull that up. Fact checking you. Um, huh. No, we, we didn't get ranked until... No, we, we, we beat KU. We, we beat KU. After we beat TCU, we were ranked 20th, and we beat KU. So that's not true. Um, but I'm not nervous. I I have some anxiety around the game. I think Texas Tech is better than I thought they were going to be. That's what makes me nervous, not being ranked. Not being ranked. Uh, Chris, can you tell us about your experience with OU fans? I touched on it. Again, you know, I, I put how I viewed it 
out there on Twitter. Um, I didn't say anything. I, I wasn't going after any Oklahoma fans after the run. I stood up there. I and I made sure they knew where I was at. So I honestly, ninety five percent, like I said, of the Oklahoma fans I interacted with before the Adrian Martinez thing were great. But here's the thing. The gross majority of Oklahoma fans, even after that, were fine. The OU fans on the walk back to the car, they were fine as well. That For the most part, even including the incident in the stadium and including the three mini incidents walking back to my car, uh, they were awesome. They, they were ha- had no issues. I, I've had more issues with old geezers at KU football games than I did with Oklahoma fans. I, I had, uh, you know, West Virginia fans were more obnoxious. I had a lot of issues with Texas Tech fans uh, when I went to Lubbock, which is wild because Texas Tech fans on the internet, they're probably my favorite Big 12 fan base to interact with. Um, never had any issues with Oklahoma State fans. Uh, but, but again, I... They were fine. There was, there was the incident inside the stadium, but you know what? That's worth it. One hundred percent worth it. Uh, final one from Adrian, or from Cameron. If Adrian performs the way he did at OU rest of the season, uh, do the first three games of the season hold him out of Heisman contention again? No. If he plays exactly like he did versus Oklahoma, no. And, and this is the funny thing. How many questions did we get last week about going to Jake Rubley, going to Will Howard? Oh, what's it going to take to bench Adrian Martinez? And, and I was frustrated. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I definitely did not have this vibrato. I did not predict this type of game from Adrian Martinez. So I'm not, this isn't a I told you so thing. It, it isn't. Granted, I was not calling to bench him. I wasn't calling to move on from him now. But it's so wild. All it takes is one game to completely change everything with Adrian Martinez. Amazing. Final one from Steve Z. Uh, who's the current MVP on defense? Which is a great question. Because it's not like we have had... I don't think there is an obvious choice. You know, Felix has gotten some of his stats, and they're holding him after every play. Eli Huggins has played great. Um, Daniel Green has been good, but I don't know if he's quite been up to the standard he's he would probably set for himself. I think Julius Brents has been good. Drake Cheatham has been good as well. I think I'm going to go with Kobe Savage, though. I, I think Kobe Savage probably is the best uh, player. Um Yeah, he got Defensive Newcomer of the Week uh, this week. Adrian Martinez got Offensive Player of the Week, so two awards for K-State. So I'm going to go with Kobe Savage, but but that's a tough one. Uh, That's all we have for this week's Q&A. Again, much more fun than last week's. So for Chauncey Bosco, for President Dick Linton, for Gene Taylor, for everyone who is a K-State fan, for... Everyone who's grinding away, beating their chest a little bit on Twitter. You got your swagger back. We got our swagger back. We love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. 
feelings growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors Want to lose weight, be less stressed, or manage a condition? Prescription for Wellness can improve your health with personalized sessions based on your schedule. Our expert health coaches and care managers use proven techniques. It's free for UPMC Health Plan members and could lead to the results you want. For more information, visit upmchp.us pfwellness. That's upmchp.us pfwellness. Sports Social Podcast Network.